0: Hello, and welcome to A God Shift Podcast. I am your host, Shayna Rattler. I am a minister, author, and sought-after speaker. In these episodes, you will learn how to grow your faith, overcome adversity, and move into a greater destiny. Individuals, organizational leaders, and ministry leaders share their story of when their life collided with God's purpose and put them on a the path that was designed for them hope you enjoyed the episode. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of a God Shift podcast. I am your host, Shana Rattler. I am so glad that you are here. So before we get in To Today's episode and before I introduce my guest to you, I want you to do me a favor So if you will take a screenshot of wherever it is that you are listening to this podcast Whether it's your phone your tablet your computer take a screenshot and post it on your social media When you post it on your social media, I want you to do two things number one tag us Here at a God shift and number two, I want you to tell me your biggest takeaway or your biggest aha moment from this episode. Why am I asking you that? I'm asking you that because I don't necessarily care about the number of downloads, but I do care about improving people's lives. And I do care about bringing people into the kingdom of God. So the more times this information is shared, the more lives that can be blessed as a result of it. So I just want to thank you in advance for sharing this information. All right, so I'm going to read my guest's bio and then we are gonna let this cutie patootie turn loose and we are gonna see what she has to share with us. So my guest today is a wife, mom, speaker and podcast host. Her time as a high school and Bible teacher, missionary and discipler has convinced her that women have an absolute need for discipleship and mentorship. Wishing she could share her own mentors with others, she created the Journey of Ruth podcast. Each episode reflects her mission to help women love Jesus, read his work, and reach others. The weekly podcast episodes, full of targeted conversations, wisdom, and plenty of laughter, have grown to reach a global audience. She enjoys living out her mission closer to home as a volunteer alongside her husband in their church's college ministry as a speaker, and as a discipler of young women. When teaching and speaking, her energetic and honest presentation of the Word of God encourages women to connect with Scripture in a consistent and personal manner, allowing the Bible to not just inform, but direct their daily lives. When she's not teaching or speaking, she can be found reading, baking, having coffee with friends, or spending time with family. Everyone, let's welcome to the show, Courtney Lomans.
1: Well, Shana, thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it.
0: Yes, I'm excited about this conversation. So I've read your very eloquently um, written bio, <laughs> but I would just love to hear the 15 or 20 second in your own words of how do you show up in these streets?
1: Mm, you know, uh, I, I'm boy mom and I have boy dogs. So I'm just surrounded by the male energy here at my, oh my, <laughs> at my house. Um, but I, I'm... It said it in my bio. My husband and I, we work in the college ministry at our church, and we love that. And our doors are always open to college kids uh, from our church. And then I really have a passion for discipleship, and that looks in different ways. Either I'm acting it out by discipling others, or I'm helping churches uh, establish a discipleship ministry. Of course, with the Journey of Ruth podcast, um, which is a weekly podcast where we get to talk about that. And I, my husband always says. You know, I like discipleship, but I can't talk about it all day like you can. And I'm like, oh, I could talk about it all day, every day. And that's what I do.
0: (laughs) At nighttime and probably in my sleep. Oh, for sure. (laughs) You know what I love um, about your mission for discipleship is because that's what I believe Mm -hmm. is the key to going beyond information and actually going into transformation because mm-hmm. you can give someone information all day long. You can load them up with the word all day long, but if you're not going to actually disciple them, if you're not going to actually walk hand in hand with them, you, it's it's not as likely that they're actually going to have transformation in their lives. Yeah. And I don't think anybody needs any more information, but I can't find anyone that, need, that doesn't need more transformation. So kudos to you for that.
1: Well and I think that's why a lot of people are afraid of discipleship because they feel like it that it is the information thing in people's lives and they forget about the transformation part and they feel like they don't have enough information to give somebody. Yeah. And actually Titus talks a lot about what it looks like when an older woman disciples a younger woman yeah. and it's very basic like real life stuff how you know how to take care of your home and how to uh, be a good wife or a mom or um you know whatever you get to that point in your life and it, so it's it's so just kind of normal life and that's that transformation part how are you bringing and the whole point what's the whole point of teaching a woman to be someone who is a good worker and a good wife and a good mom it's also that scripture will not be Reviled is the word that that Titus uses. And so it's that transformation part of their life. So really discipleship is not about how much do you know and do you have a seminary degree? Then you're qualified to disciple. It's actually how are you applying what you're reading in scripture in your life? How have you lived out your faith in Christ in your marriage, in your parenting, in your work, in your schooling? And is there someone else that's coming up behind you that you could you know help? answer some of those questions for them.
0: And I think that's so key because there's a lot of people that might be listening to this and go, well, yeah, Shane, it's easy for you to help somebody because you're a minister. Yeah, Courtney, it might be easy for you to do that because you guys are, you know, you and your husband are doing all these great things. But what about me who wasn't raised in church? What about me? What about me? And what 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 I heard you saying in so many words is that you can help people so much more from your experiences than you can just with words. It's also like right. when I was pregnant with my son, I wanted a female OBGYN because I didn't want someone telling me what was going on with my body just based off of what they had read in the book and what someone mm. else had told them. Mm-hmm. I wanted someone telling me what was going on with my body that had already had that experience of it going on with their yeah. body. If there's any male OBGYNs that are listening to this, this is no shade to you, but until you've carried a watermelon and, per- and pushed out a watermelon, I don't need you telling me how that watermelon is going to grow and what ki- I can expect it to feel like. Just shut up.
1: I gotta tell you, <laughs> my husband told the story about our, um, our birth and I did unmedicated births and my husband deals with kidney stones. And so he said, yeah, I, I know what that pain feels like. I have had kidney stones and this is in an appointment, you know, t- with the doctor, with the OBGYN. Yeah. And sh- you should have seen that look that, that she gave him like, sir, I don't think you do. Yeah. <laughs> Just, right. There's no way you can understand what that's, your wife is about to go through.
0: Your experience, huh? Right. Awesome. Right. So funny. So, you know, one of the things that people ask me, this is called a God shift podcast. The number Mm -hmm. one question that I typically get is like, what in the world is a God shift? And so I just want to define that just for context of this conversation before we get into the interview portion of it. Um, My definition of a God shift is the moment that you unlock your kingdom authority, collide with God's purpose, but then move into a greater destiny. Mm. So if you think about kingdom authority, courting, what is your own definition of kingdom authority?
1: Mm. You know, I think when you look at scripture, uh, who claims to have authority and, and, Christ does that in Matthew at the end, uh, as he's ascending into heaven, he says, all authority has been given to me. And then he goes on uh, to give that authority to his disciples. And um, in Acts, there's actually a man that comes up to the disciples and offers to pay for the authority that the disciples are, are having. And they're like, yeah, sorry, dude, this isn't anything that you, that's probably the message version, you know? Yeah, Yeah. dude, sorry. You can't, but (laughs) you can't pay for this. It only comes from God and from our belief in our relationship in Christ. But in Matthew, you know, in the book of Matthew in chapter 28, God says, all authority has been given to me. And then the very next command is go and make disciples. Yes. And so I think that kingdom authority is when we can understand, um, the power that we have in Christ and then see how we can live that out. What, and, and a lot of the ways that we can live it out is knowing what our spiritual gifts are, what our talents are, and then finding ways that we can use those, um, to serve him and to advance the kingdom of God, I got in so much trouble for talking when I was little. I mean, you know, like the the teachers would say, "Well, Courtney is, you know, she's a, she really likes to answer questions." <laughs> my parents are like, "You're saying she talks too much?" We get this. Uh, what did I do with that? Well, I the reason I like to answer questions is I teaching is my spiritual gift, and. All of that talking. Now I'm a podcaster and a speaker. It makes so much sense. I just found a way of using the talking uh, in a way that I got paid to do it. Basically, you know, right. um, it, it, whatever works. But the 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 idea of discipleship in my way, my mind is there is no better way to grow the kingdom of God than discipleship.
0: I agree.
1: Um, and part of that is because <clears throat> the effect. Um, is exponential, so I cannot go and disciple a hundred people. I I maybe can affect the lives of a hundred people or several thousand. You know, you look at someone like Billy Graham, and he has affected millions of people's lives. But who did he actually disciple?
0: Yeah, you
1: know, one-on-one disciple. Jesus only had twelve, so he had 12 men that he discipled in his life. We have a handful of people that we're going to disciple. But if we look at discipleship within second Timothy, and it says, go and take what I have taught you and teach it to men who will then go and teach it to others. Yes, so like Yes. Discipleship is reproducible interest. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's it's compounding interest. That's exactly it. So I go and disciple five girls, let's say in my life, they're going to go and disciple five of their own. My legacy has now gone to disciple 30 women. Those 30 go on to disciple five more. Now your numbers are getting bigger and bigger. So when we're talking about kingdom authority, What are you using as far as your gifts and your talents that are advancing the kingdom of God? And are you believing lies that culture is speaking at you and that Satan is using to kind of like, you know, bring down that flame, put a, put a bushel over the candle type of uh, mindset, or are you removing that? And are you shining bright uh, because you know what the Lord has said about you? You know what Scripture says about who you are in Christ as a child of God, and you're going to claim those truths and believe them for yourself and live them out. And believe me, in a culture where things are just crazy right now, people see when you choose joy instead of uh, fear. Yeah. when you choose to um, claim that you are not going to, you're going to be at peace, in the middle of a global pandemic, because you have faith in a God that's greater than anything, you are going to have joy. And at the in the middle of a cancer diagnosis, when it doesn't make any sense, you know, most people would be defeated. You're going to choose joy because you know that your God is the great healer and the great physician, and He's got you in His hand. So, kingdom authorities claiming what God has said in Scripture, and we have to make sure that we're reading it in order to really be able to claim that.
0: Yeah, claim what he said. I love that. Mm-hmm. So, Courtney, can you describe a time? I can't talk and write at the same time.
1: I can't either. I've seen people do it, but I it doesn't I happen. I can, but I'll be writing
0: what I'm saying.
1: But right.
0: can you describe a time in your life that you have actually had to exercise Kingdom of the worry either to overcome adversity, grow your faith, whatever to get where you are today?
1: I think some of my, um, my biggest challenges in claiming that kingdom authority is actually the expectations that I've placed on myself and my idea of the direction that we're going. And maybe that's just my personality. But when <clears throat> I think when I was in high school and college, I had a very specific idea of the direction that my life was going to go. And this was what I was going to do. And this is what God had called me to. and um, and this was exactly how it looked. And in a way, I see now that that put God in a box. I didn't see it as that way because it, I was going to go and I was going to be an international missionary, and I was going to uh, raise my kids in another culture, and I was going to affect—I was going to affect lives uh, for Christ. That is not bad. None of that is bad. So why would I think that that's not what God has planned for me? Um, I did go and spend two years in France as a missionary, and then I was ready to stay. And God very clearly said, come home. Mm. And I was like, um, you know, that first that, that where God says, you know, who shall I send? And he jumps up and says, send me Lord, send me. And I'm literally saying that. And God's like, Nope, go home. Yeah. And I'm like, what? Okay, fine. and you're telling me to go back. right, right, exactly. So I come home, and then I meet my husband, and um, we had our first son. And in between there, uh, you know, we had had many conversations about international ministry and what that would look like. And so he said, "Okay, let's start talking to some missions organizations. Let's get some information. Let's see what this would look like." Um. So it wasn't like he shut me down at all. He was like, "Yeah, let's let's do that." we went to some informational meetings. And at the end, my husband's response was, I don't really know how to say this because I know what a big deal this is for you. But um, I don't think this is the direction for us to go right now.
0: Yeah. I know how much you want it, but yeah, we're not doing that.
1: (laughs) Well, it was like, I don't, he's like, I don't really know that we should step into something that Isn't what's right for both of us, especially international missions. Like don't move to another country if you're not totally, you know, convinced. And, um, and I was like, okay, what? So once again, I put God in a box and now all of a sudden things are happening that didn't fit within that box. Everything had fit within the box up until that point. And so, um, I came home and I'm like, God, what are you doing? Because this is the direction we were headed, see that? This is the direction we were headed, and 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 then he's like, no, this is the direction you were headed.
0: Yeah, there was no we. There, there was, was no, no we. House in your pocket. <laughs>
1: uh huh. Yeah, and he's like, everything that you've learned up until this point is going to help you in the direction I want you to go, but it's not the direction that you thought we were going to go. Yeah. So that led to well, what is it I loved about international missions? It was discipleship. And it took taking international missions out of the picture to, for me to realize that discipleship is where God wanted me to kind of step into my gifting and his direction for my life. And then it led to, um, speaking opportunities. It led to discipleship opportunities right where I live, like right here in Phoenix, Arizona, um, to helping other women learn that they have the ability to disciple right now. Like, right where they're at, you know, a lot of women would say, "Well, uh, you know, we had young women that wanted to be discipled, and these older women would say, "I just I don't even know what I would say." So we started a discipleship training program, mm-hmm. and they left going, "Oh, I can do this. I can do this." And then the podcast, so here's the the end-all be-all where God just kind of he doesn't have to do this all the time, but he kind of says, like, "I just want to show you that, like your idea was close." even though it wasn't exactly the box that you had put me in before. Yeah. And that is uh, about a year ago, I was taking a look at the podcast, um, the all of the different insights and stuff like that, um, statistics about the podcast. And on this particular site that has a picture of the world, and you can see everywhere in the world that your podcast has been listened to and how many times and on what continents. And... On this map, I could see that the Journey of Ruth podcast had been listened to on every inhabited continent in the world. And I just heard God's whisper of him saying, look, Courtney, this is your international ministry. That's right. And I just was like, Oh, okay. I get it. I I see. And I don't know that. I don't know that that's the end. I can see there being a lot more opportunities to reach out to the world in my life. You know, I'm 37. So there's a lot more of life left to live, For but sure. <clears throat> I know uh, that this is not how I thought international ministry was going to look, but I, if I had been so stubborn, I could have, I mean, th- and there were thoughts, did I marry the wrong man? Mm-hmm. Did I hear wrong? Did I like? Did I make a huge mistake? Yeah. And and God's like, no, you just, you know, in your normal way, went ahead and took care of everything. You went and took everything and just headed in one direction because that's what I do. And you didn't ever consider that maybe there was a pivot somewhere in there that I was going to ask of you, and there was a bigger purpose in your life.
0: And so I'm just curious, like, what did you learn during this process?
1: Mm. Uh, I think I learned that when you look at the lives of a lot of people, a lot of the the big um, faith people that we look at, um, if you read their biographies, I love biographies. I'm a huge nerd. So I love reading scripture. I love studying. I One day I will go to seminary. I'm that much of a nerd. I love biographies. And if you will read a lot of biographies, what you see is that the person that's in front of us, usually at the end of their life, Corey ten Boom, once again, going <clears throat> back to uh, Bonhoeffer, going back to, um, uh, Billy Graham. If you read their full story, you see that they did not have a clear picture of the direction that their life was going to go wow. at the beginning. And also they did not escape never making a mistake. Um my favorite story is how Billy Graham totally offended one of the presidents and almost got like banned from the White House <laughs> because he had offended uh one of the presidents. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, well, I guess if I offend somebody, you know, like at the church down the street, at least it wasn't the president of the United States, but um what I learned is that we can we need to have a plan because that's what you know, Proverbs 16, nine says, you know, it says the, the man makes the plans, but the Lord directs his steps. Yes. He doesn't say don't make plans and sit there until I tell you what direction to go. He says, make plans, but then be okay. When I direct you somewhere else, we had another issue uh, here at our, in our house where my husband's job pivoted dramatically. Like we are headed, we're all the way in a door that we thought was wide open and it gets slammed in our faces Mm -hmm. and we have to completely pivot as a family. Yeah. Did we hear wrong? Were we not listening? Is this a a punishment for us or is God just saying, no, I wanted you to make the plans, but are you willing to pivot with me or are you going to sit there with your arms crossed and be like, God, you told me this? And he's like, did I? Yeah did I, or did I say you were going to have an international ministry and you assumed that I was going to do it through international missions?
0: Absolutely. And one of the things that that reminds me of is that we need to remember how great of a GPS system God is. (laughs) I like that. I need you to make the plans, but more importantly, I need you to begin moving your feet. So this doesn't give you permission to not move because you're scared you're going to get it wrong. And most of us don't end up doing it in the way in which we originally thought. But the only way, God will always course correct you. But just like your GPS, the only way he can course correct you is if you start moving. So if you live in Phoenix, Arizona, I live in Dallas, Texas. It's great for me to say, hey, Courtney, I'm going to come see you this weekend. Mm -hmm. But if I never... If I'm like, but oh crap, I don't really know how to get there. And I've heard that you definitely don't want to end up on Highway so and so. So, how am I going to avoid getting on Highway so and so? It doesn't matter which direction I go because if I go the wrong way, my GPS will course correct me, it will reroute me. But if Mm -hmm. I never leave out of my garage, I can never expect it to tell me the turns. That's right. I I think not knowing every turn is what keep most of us stuck. And I've I've been using this example so much over the last two to three months that the the scripture tells us that his word will be a light into our path. He never told Mm -hmm. us that he would be a light out into our distance. But so many of us, since we can't see into the distance, we don't ever take a step where if we will just take a step, you will light it. That'll be the path. And if we take another step, that will be the light into the path. And before you know it, we're into the distance. But if we never take a step into the path because we don't know the step into the distance, we're never going to get anywhere.
1: That's right. That's right. And I think if you look at uh, Joshua, I'm sorry, <clears throat> Joseph, and if you look at the story of David, um, one of the things that you begin to—we're doing this with our college kids. We're, we're going through a, a, a series on purpose, finding your purpose. Which, as a college kid, like that's what you're trying to figure out, right? What is my purpose in life? And and the truth is that that. If you look at the story of either of those men, they had many purposes throughout their life. They had one long purpose that God had for their life, but as far as what they were doing, you know, I look at my life. I have been a a youth leader. I have been a Bible teacher. I have been a high school choir director. I have been a private music director. Like all of these things make up who I am and every single one of them has, uh, made me, shaped me more into who God wants me to be in the end. But sometimes I think we're like, well, I want to know what I'm going to be and just be that for the rest of my life. And if you, I mean, look at Joseph, he was working with his brothers and then he was a slave and then he was in charge of Potiphar's house and then he was in jail. And then, and then he was in charge of uh, grain. And then he was like second in command in Egypt. That resume, I mean, he has quite a resume. So I think if you look at your life, you're going to have a pretty detailed resume in the areas and the things that God has brought you to that make you the full person that God created you to be.
0: Yeah. And it's so difficult to be patient with that Mm -hmm. process. Yeah. I know for me, um, you know, I talk to the Lord like a gangster and i be like, what are we doing, bro? Like, I don't know what we're doing. This don't make no sense. Like, (laughs) Like, what are we doing? And so I I tell the Lord all the time, like, um, I know you're going to not do what You're not going to do anything until you're ready to do it. But stop showing me what I can have. And I got to keep waiting decades for it. (laughs) Like, not that he cares. He just sits there like, uh uh-huh, she's throwing her toddler tantrum again. She'll be all right in a minute. But it's so difficult for us to have patience while Mm -hmm. we're working that plan. It's so difficult for us to have patience while we're waiting on the promise. But one of the things that I know for sure and the, one of the things that I have learned through my own process, and I'm still having to reiterate this learning, is that there's almost always a gap between the promise and the provision. And if we yeah. are to have some patience during the process of the middle of that, it's going to be you're, you're still going to get where you're going. God is still going to take you That's where right. he's taking you. But the journey there is going to feel so much longer than it is, and it's going to feel so much more heavy than what it has to if you just say, I'm going to be open to the zigzag. Yeah. Before you take me, I say yes. Well, however, this has to look, I know that I'm learning something along the way. And you're not doing anything just to be doing it. Everything that I pick up along the way, everything that my path, um, you know, consists of is all going to be fitting together like a puzzle to get mm-hmm. me to my ultimate destiny.
1: Well, when you talk about God being our GPS, here's the thing that's frustrating to us as uh, humans and especially as Americans because we want to to make sure that everything is efficient as possible is that our path from point A to point B is rarely a straight line. No. And if you, and if you have to be ready for those zigzags even, and that's all the way back to scripture. If you look at the book of Exodus and you look at when God pulls the, the Israelites out of Egypt, uh, if you look at where Egypt is and where the promised land is, there is a straight line Yeah. and there is a shorter way to get there. And it actually says there that God did not take them that direction. Why not? Because he knew that between there was the country of Philistia or the Philistines where Goliath is from in the story of David and Goliath. And the, the people of Philistia were a warring people. So they're going to fight whoever comes near them. And God's like, y'all aren't ready for that yet. Yeah, You guys are still a, a, A group with a slave mentality who isn't quite ready to come up against a battle country like Philistia. So I'm going to take you down way low and all the way back up to where the promised land also, which requires them to cross a big red sea. So that also doesn't make sense, right? Because you're like, how are you going to get us across there? The GPS doesn't work. You're leading me to a huge sea god. You know, that, imagine if they had a uh, GPS yeah. and they could see where God was taking them. Instead, God just provided for them at each step. And I, can we do that? Can we allow God to take us on the zigzag path? Know that he's going to provide at each place. If he's taken there, us there, he will provide. Uh, maybe not always like what how we think he should provide and that he will get us to that end goal. But we have to be willing like you said, to follow his GPS.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Almost never does he do it the way we thought or in the time. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. I want to pause and take a quick break. I'm going to um, go into a quick commercial. And when we come back, we're going to share some advice and some tips of how people can kind of bring all this together in their lives. Mm -hmm. This episode is brought to you by the free guide. When God says shift inside, you'll discover the four shifts required to follow God's plan to move you into a greater destiny, expectancy, and possibility. Head to GodSaysShift.com. That's GodSaysShift.com to access it now. So Courtney, we've talked a lot about kingdom authority. We've talked a lot about, you know, the same things that Jesus was able to do. He gave it to the disciples. He's given that same power to us. You know, it says in the word greater works in these shall you do in my name, because I'm going to be with the father. So basically I'm out, I've done all I'm going to do, but I'm giving you the same power that he gave me, right? Like, Mm -hmm. you know, when they say that we're heirs of Christ, when we say that Jesus is our brother, that means that we are the same heirs and we adopted the exact same authority that Jesus adopted from God, right? Mm -hmm. And we're able to use that kingdom authority in our lives in special ways, not only to make things happen in in our own lives, but to be able to make things happen in other people's lives as well. And so for someone who's listening to this that may want to say, okay, like at the beginning of this, I may or may not have even understood that I actually possessed a kingdom authority. But more importantly, you have to go beyond realizing that you have kingdom authority and you have to begin to unlock That kingdom authority in your life. So, if someone is listening to this podcast episode and they are either, you know, struggling to recognize that they have a kingdom authority or they're not quite sure how they can, you know, unlock it in their own life to make things shift, what would be your best tip of how they can exercise kingdom authority in their life? Hmm.
1: I think it's really easy for us because there are so many resources out there. It is really easy for us to take that question that you have and immediately go to a book or a podcast. Uh, you know, you and I, we both have one. There's lots of good answers on that podcast. We go and find a podcast episode about what we're trying to figure out, um, find a YouTube video, uh, or just just do a Google search about University. it. You can get all kinds of answers, right? Google knows everything. Google knows everything. And, and I use it a lot. So I'm not saying don't use it, but um if you are trying to figure out what kingdom authority is, if you're trying to figure out um who God is and the power that he has given you, the best place to go to figure that out is scripture. Yeah. And unfortunately, there are so many people uh, we, uh, no, let me let me say it like this. Unfortunately, we allow ourselves to get so busy that Time with the Lord in His Word kind of becomes second uh, priority. Everything else goes before our time with the Word, and I mean, I'm a mom of a four year old and an eight year old, so believe me, I understand interruptions. And my kids are early risers, and so it's not even like I—I mean, there was a point where I'm like, I have to get up at 4:30 a.m. if I'm going to get any time in with the Lord before they wake up, and I'm like, no, (laughs) but. Finding that time to spend reading scripture is going to answer so many questions that you have. And then what do you do once you're like, okay, Courtney, I am, but it's also bringing up more questions that I don't know. I I don't know how to get answered. And that is where I believe discipleship comes into play is our three pillars that we stand on on the journey at the journey of Ruth is that we love Jesus which i know a lot of people do but that's not where we like where we leave it if you love Jesus then you need to be reading his word because that's how you're going to learn more about the person that you love when you get married and you love somebody and you get ma- you, let's say you meet this person at 18 if you never ever get to know anything more about them They will not be the same. You'll wake up 20 years later and realize that there is a totally different person sitting next to you. Yeah, like who's this? Right, exactly. Now, here's what we know is that God is the same today, tomorrow, and always. But what I love about his scripture is that the way that it speaks to me now is not the same way it spoke to me when I was 18, working at a church camp, and you know, just. Devouring his word, I can read the same chapters and they're speaking differently to me. So we need to be reading his word and then we need to be reaching others. And if we are, we either need to be reaching out to others or we need to be reaching up to those that are a little farther along and saying, Can you help me? I have these questions and I'm not sure where to go. You can go to Google and you need to know who the voices are that are good, sound, uh, theologically sound voices to listen to, and you can find a lot of answers there. But what if you had someone on speed dial? What yeah. if you could pick up your phone and you could just press that person's number and say, "Hey, I have this question. Can you can you help me kind of figure out what this verse means or or what this is saying?" And that person, hopefully can either answer that which i mean awesome if they can't or we'll have the wisdom to say that's a good question yeah give me like give me like a couple of weeks to figure that out let's meet for coffee in like a week and a half and let's talk about it but if we don't a lot of people don't have those people in their life and so they have to go to google or heaven forbid they put it out on social media um and sometimes it's not even what it, what is what is the word saying it's things like I'm, I'm having this problem with my husband and I don't know what to do.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. I'm at a, I'm, I'm on the total struggle bus with my kids right now. And I can't respond in a godly way to my children (laughs) and I don't know what to do. And so because they don't have anyone on their, on their speed dial, they go to social media. And if you look, I mean, sometimes they get good advice, but it's mixed with a whole bunch of like really bad advice or
0: bad advice.
1: Yeah. And often on social media, we're on the platform where our friends are at. So I'm 37. I'm on Facebook and Instagram. Ain't nobody got time for TikTok. And (laughs) but where are all of my Gen Z disciples? They're on TikTok. And where are all of my parents' boomer friends? They're on Facebook. Yeah. So if I'm going to throw something out on Instagram, I'm getting a lot of opinions from people my age. I'm not getting opinions from people that have lived this life. A a lot of people that have lived this life before me and have the life wisdom to give me sound counsel. And that's what Th- that's what Proverbs talks about is having wise counselors in our life and an abundance of counselors actually. So I guess my thing is if you if you want to know how to keep going in the direction that God wants you to go. If you want to know how to claim this this kingdom abundance and and you want to to make sure that you're headed in the right direction, make sure you're reading his word. Yeah. And then find someone to disciple you that can help you to help you when you have those questions or those unknowns in your life.
0: I love it. I love it. Yeah. It takes a village. Um, and a yes. village doesn't always have to be a lot of people, but it does mean, that, like you said, you need somebody other than you that you can go to or the people that
1: don't know any more than you do. That's right. That's like right.
0: My son, my before my father passed away, he used to tell my son all the time, whatever age it was, for example, he would tell my son, I've been 25 before. You've never been 72. That's right. That's good. That's good. Going to listen to your other friends who are 25 is probably not going to help you as much as it would be if you would just trust that me as the 72 year old knows what the heck I'm talking about.
1: That's right. (laughs) It's so true. And that's why it's important to have both sides. We see that in scripture that Paul, he had he was the discipler to a lot of. We see him name them in his letters. So we all need a Paul in our life, someone who's going to reach down to us. We need a Barnabas who's someone that's like on the same level as us. So yeah, we do know the, need those other people that are on the same social platform as us. But are they people following Jesus with their life? Right. So those are our Barnabases. And then we all need a Timothy in our life. And we see Paul's very special relationship with Timothy in scripture. But that is the person, one of the people that he reached down to. So we all need a Timothy in your life. So if you're looking for what is a complete discipleship tree look like, that's what it looks like. You have a Paul, you have a Barnabas, and you have a Timothy.
0: I love it. So how can our listeners find you and follow you?
1: Hmm. Well, like I just said, I'm on Instagram and Facebook <laughs> and both of those are at journey of Ruth. Um, we have our website journeyofruth.com and all of the information, all of our show notes, any of the, um, conferences that we do or events that we're going to have are going to be up on our website.
0: Perfect. And don't worry. I'm going to make sure that the links to all of her social media and her website are in the show notes So you don't have to be rewinding and slowing it down and writing it down. Um, And then is there anything that you would like to offer our listeners, Courtney, in case they want to take things further with you?
1: Hmm. Well, you know, we talked about discipleship and um, that is our goal at Journey of Ruth. So, yeah, I have two things. One of them is an event that we have coming up. September 24th, here in uh, Glendale, Arizona, we are going to be having a discipleship conference okay. uh, with the idea of building bold disciples, women that can go out and feel qualified and called to go and disciple. Um, so that's called the Entrust Conference. And they can find more information journeyruth.com slash entrust um, if you are in the Phoenix area. If you're not, I'm sorry, we're not doing <laughs> any kind of web cast or anything like that, but you know, maybe in a future, future time. Um, and then the other one is, I know that it's hard when discipleship is a new thing for you. It's hard. If you're like, yes, Courtney, I want to find a disciple. I do. I don't even know where to start though. Yeah. Or if you are thinking, okay, I have a Timothy, but I need I need a a Paul. I need to find someone to disciple me Um, or I want to find a Timothy, either direction. So what I created was the play process, P-L-A-A, and that's pray, look, ask and act. And so that is a process you can go through in on either side, either finding a Paul or finding a Timothy, um, to find discipleship within your life, fill out that discipleship tree. So you can go to journeyofrooth.com slash download, and there you will find the play process and you can walk through that.
0: Perfect. And again, I will make sure that all of this is in the show notes. So all you have to do is just click it and it will go straight where it is that she just described. So Courtney, thank you so, so much for being part of a Godship podcast. I thank think you. We're going to be blessed from listening to this episode. Everyone, again, please share, share, share this information. Go on her website, follow her on social media. Get your behind at that event. And if you are either looking to be discipled or you want to learn how to disciple others, then make sure you download. Um, But everyone, thank you again so much for being here. I ask that you will go back and listen to other episodes and previous ones as well. Thank you so much for being here. Have a great day. Bye-bye. I want to thank you for listening to the God Shift Podcast. If you've enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe and leave a review. And remember to put God first and everything will fall into place.